party people! Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week on the show, I am joined by Quinn Sowers, Dungeon Master of the Heroes Not Included podcast for a game of Star Wars Force and Destiny. Heroes Not Included is an improv storytelling podcast powered by Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. They just wrapped their fourth season, making this the perfect time to catch up before they launch Season 5, which will feature content from the new batch of Dungeons & Dragons books, including Mad Mage and Dragon Heist. It's a great podcast. I think you should check it out. You can find more information at heroesnotincluded.com. Force and Destiny is the third chapter in Fantasy Flight's Star Wars trilogy of role-playing games, focused on Force users and the ethical and moral conflicts that make up the core of the Star Wars saga. It's a great game. I love it. We've played it before on the show. We'll certainly play it again on the show. You can find more information about that in the show notes. And with all that said, let's throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I am sitting down with Quinn Sowers. Quinn, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Hey, absolutely. You guarantee we're going to have a lot of fun today. Oh, I cannot wait. I, I, I can tell you from the last time that we played that no one has gotten to hear but us that it's going to be a great game. <laughs> So real quick, at the top of the show, why don't you take a moment to let the listeners at home know about any projects that you've got going on that you might want them to know about. Oh, right. Well, uh, yeah, Heroes Not Included, that's our uh, weekly improv storytelling podcast featuring uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition. And uh, we just wrapped up Season 4, and uh, we're getting ready. We're recording right now. We're producing a bunch of material for Season 5, which will debut the first week in January of 2019. Uh, so it's a great time to kind of uh, catch up on everything that has happened before. With the new season, we're bringing in an entirely uh, new cast, and we're going to be uh, playing through Wizards of the Coast, Waterdeep, Dragon Heist, and of course the follow-up, Mad Mage. So we're very excited about that. Super uh, that's, cool. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. That's kind of the uh, that's the that's the big announcement, as it were. That's that's uh, that's super exciting. I, I've been really hyped for the new like hearing the pitches for the new D&D books. I'm really excited. So I kind of can't wait to see what you kind of whip up with them. I think it's going to be really, really cool. Well, thank you. We've already started our recording sessions getting ready and uh, already we've had a, a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I think everyone's going to really enjoy the new cast and uh, we're going to have um, lots of uh, fun and intriguing stories to tell. So. Super, super cool. Well, speaking of fun and intriguing stories, this week we are playing uh, Fantasy Flight Star Wars. It is a game that is close to my heart. I, I, I know it's close to your heart as well. So why don't you take a moment and introduce us to the character that you're going to be playing this week? Uh, the character I'm playing this week is uh, Ran Quelnosh. And essentially, Ran is, for lack of a better uh, term, a reluctant... Jedi, a reluctant Jedi hero. Um, if there is a way to be an anti-hero and a Jedi at the same time, um, then that's kind of what Ran is. He uh, he attempted to gain vengeance for the destruction of his master um, through uh, Palpatine's Order sixty six, and um, that whole process kind of left him scarred and bitter and cynical. But uh, he's recently uh, come across. The possibility of maybe, dare I say, a new hope in the um, in the person of a, a young man who is much more idealistic and not nearly as weathered. So yeah, you encountered uh, Hope Del Nari on a small, like, corporately controlled starbase or yeah, starport, 
where that was overwhelmingly controlled by Imperial forces. They had determined that Hope had access to the Force and had built himself a small lightsaber. And yes. they were going to basically drag him off, hand him off to an Inquisitor, and that was going to be the end of him. But uh, Ran, feeling some sort of pangs of conscience, or at least perhaps a sense of, like, something could be something could be done... Pulled this kid to safety and brought basically brought him off to uh, the planet Yavin, wherein there is the Jedi Temple, wherein you know in the days in the days before the Battle of Yavin, there is this small rebel contingency. So what has been happening with the two of them since then? What you know you've 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 dropped off this this young child, right? This this wet behind the ears could be Padawan, <laughs> could just be troublemaker. And you've got a little bit of reputation around the rebel base. So what is your what does your life look like at this moment? Well, you know, uh, so the, the the rebels obviously value you know any force user, and especially a force user of of Rand's ability and history with the alliance. You know, I'm sure there is some level of um, you know deference or or a desire to include Rand in a whole variety of decision making processes, or maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, get Rand to, you know, lead a mission or something, you know, something like that. Uh, but Rand, you know, he, he did save Hope um, against his better judgment, he, he feels personally. Yeah, sure. Uh, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, it, you know, they, they got back to Yavin, and I'm sure there was a part of Rand that really just took a moment and went, what the hell did I do? I mean, wh- why did I just do that? That's I was, I, I could have just disappeared into oblivion, and now... You know, I have a mouth to feed, if you will. Um, so yeah, pretty much. I get a, and I get a sense. Uh, I, I think what it comes down to is hope is you know uh, diving into all things rebel. Right? Uh, it's his first rebel alliance parade, so he has all the bracelets and he's gotten the the t shirt and he has the tattoo. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's drank the Kool Aid. He is. You know, hope is there, ready to go. Yes, rebels all the way. You know, we're going to defeat the empire. And I, I think there's probably a level of frustration on Hope's end with the fact that Rand pretty much kind of just sulks around the base, occasionally gets, or sometimes more than occasionally gets drunk, and generally just wants to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think, I think Rand, uh, everything that happened on that corporate control planet, I think, has finally kind of caught up with Rand. And he's realized the situation. He realized that what he's kind of gotten himself into. And I think there's a lot of insecurity around that. Uh, sure, you know, absolutely. How, how does he know that he it should be anyone who should be responsible for a Padawan or any kind of Jedi learner or something like that? And should he even teach him any of the Jedi stuff? Because a lot of the Jedi, you know, a lot of the things that he learned about the Jedi were not great. So... Yeah. You know, I think he avoids, he just avoids that entire thing by simply um, ignoring or attempting to ignore hope, despite hope's constant, you know, surprise moments of enthusiasm with, look, mm-hmm. I just found a new rebel bracelet or whatever yeah, it is right. that moves hope along. <laughs> and hope is doing a lot of that. There's a lot of like, hope will track you down in an alley and be like, we just went through the most elaborate exercise. It was so, so exciting. And it's just rattle, just rattling your ear off about every little like training procedure and you know, like virtual module that he goes through. Hope is just like just talking your ear off, and 
Where do we find you in a rare moment of silence where Hope is off doing something else? Where do we find you having a moment of, dare I say, peace? Uh, Usually, uh, Ran has found that no one actually goes to the top of the temple. Um, that a lot of stuff happens uh, at, at the ground level and underneath the temple. And so Ran oftentimes um, makes his way up through the old ruins to the top and sits out there, you know, on, on the top of the temple in the, you know, in the sun, the rain or whatever, away from everything. And that's, you know, generally where he likes to be. He's not, he's not a big fan of his own company, but he likes his own company more than he likes the company of a lot of other people. That's fair. So we, we find you up there and the wind is blowing. It is a particularly windy and it's that kind of hot, humid wind where it feels it feels like it should be drier than it is. But you just you're just getting that humidity blowing on your face. And it kind of feels refreshing a little bit in its own in its own peculiar way. Yavin Yavin, especially Yavin 4, has that strange kind of magic to it. Perhaps that's why the Jedi felt so strongly about this as a temple spot is there's just something in the air and mm. you're here. And this is where, uh, this is where general, uh, Jin, uh, Jin Kaleri comes to find you. Jin is an older gentleman, salt and pepper hair, um, mustache, like a big seventies mustache, real Tom Selleck esque. Ooh, handsome. Yeah, he's got that sort of older gentleman charm. He's got that, you know, was probably was probably like a a 40s or 50s actor that we've kind of recast into this sort of supporting (laughs) character role. Bring it on. And he's he kind of is approaching behind. I think the camera pans, right? Like we get this beautiful sweeping circle shot of you sitting up here and feeling that wind. And then he's just kind of over your shoulder from a middle distance. General? Ran? I know you don't like to be bothered up here, but I figured it was important. (sighs) It always is, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, it is, but... And I think this is... I think what he says here is true when he says, like, it is, but I know better than to treat things as important when it comes to you because... I don't want to waste your time. I think a lot of people have like tried to try to give you that like everything in the rebellion is important. And I think Jin has kept his distance and has been very like you, you take the, like you do what you need to do. Right. Okay. Well, what brings you up here on a lovely evening? Well, I figured I'd get your rejection from like to my face when I came to you with this it's important but I have a feeling I know how you'll react but I hope you'll at least consider it continue there is we have a mission and we need someone we need someone with a proven record of Getting someone out of a tight space. And given the fact that you pulled a force user out from under an Inquisitor's nose, 
I figure there's nobody better on this base to ask first than you. I simply paid uh, the right people to get us off the planet. And uh, frankly, I was just much more concerned about getting my own ass off that planet. It just so happens that hope is fairly difficult to get rid of. That's understandable. And frankly, if I was in your shoes, I might have had the same concerns. This is why I wanted to come to you as opposed to letting one of the more... And he kind of has to stifle a laugh a little bit. Enthusiastic recruits come and talk to you first. Well, where is this person? Uh, are you familiar with the... Chest. Are you familiar with the Cole Hero system? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, why, don't you make me, why don't you make me an outer rim roll? Okay. Uh, this will be easy, an easy difficulty. So that'll be one one purple alongside whichever other dice you want to, whichever uh, alongside your skill dice, rather. Two success and one advantage. Perfect. Um, so I'll, t- I'll let you know what you need to know, and you can ask me a question about the situation once I kind of give you the scoop. Okay. Kolhuro is a factory, or was a, is a factory system that was formerly run by the, uh, formerly run by the Confederacy. It was a, it was a, you know, a droid factory planet. Uh, it was taken over, or rather, it was the it was controlled by a tyrant. The tyrant was toppled by the Jedi Order. However, then the 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 Empire moved in. They have sort of repurposed this as a manufacturing center for a lot of their weaponry. A lot of particularly uh, like heavy gunnery weapons, cannons, that sort of thing. And he, so, so you're familiar with that, and he says, we have an intelligence officer on the inside, uh, scoping things out, getting intel, giving us readouts, typical stuff, spy stuff. The problem is, she wasn't anticipating the, the Imperial presence that's there, and there's now a blockade a blockade on people exiting the planet how does an intelligence officer not know that a planet that produces heavy weapons for the empire wouldn't have an imperial presence well you know the empire they are tricky like that even the best of us even the best of us can be caught with our pants down Mm. so general you want me to go into a heavily fortified imperial system and extract your intelligence officer. The dramatic way to put it is that the way that I would put it is we have forged documents. We have the data work in order. We just need we just need a data pad handed off. We have we have forged passes off the planet. We just because of the nature of the blockade, we can't physically, we can't digitally hand them off to our agent on the inside. We need someone, we need somebody, well, someone capable of slipping in fairly undetected, making the right deals, talking to the right people, capable of keeping their head down, not attracting attention, who can find our agent, hand off the passes, and then discreetly make their way off on the next Imperial transport. Oh, well, that's simple. Why didn't you say that in the first place? You know, (sighs) spy stuff. 
Yeah, spy stuff. <sighs> if you, if I understand, if you are not part of the rebellion, and I understand if you, if if this is not you, I understand that. That said, you would be doing all of us. You'd be doing me a favor, and and he looks over. He looks kind of over the the edge of the temple a little bit, kind of at nothing, and just says, "You'd be giving a real example of what someone in the rebellion could do with your skills." I am tired of constantly having to give examples of what people with my abilities or skills can do. Um, all right. Do we have a shuttle or something that I can use to fly that? How am I getting there? Oh, and Um, where is Hope? Uh, where is, where do we think Hope is at this moment? What is, what is, Hope is probably, Hope is probably like, Probably trying trying to get Han Solo's, uh, you know, autograph or something. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's for sure, like, chasing around. I think he's for sure chasing around. Like, Mon Mothma's here, and he's just been, like, she landed on a transport, and he's just been asking her questions for, like, two days. Yeah, I mean, I I, I see him, you know, maybe he's an Akbar fanboy or something. I mean, I don't know. (laughs) For sure. He's definitely just, like, fanboying out. I think, so I think, I think Jin just kind of, like, Gives that wry, that wry smile and says, he is off. We can, we don't know exactly where he is at this moment, but I assure you, we can track him down easily enough in the temple. He's not easy to miss. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm going to need money in the form of Imperial credits. If I'm going to make any kind of deals with anybody... Credits is really the only thing that's going to make that happen. Um, we can we can supply that. We can we we can ensure that the credits that you need are. We can ensure that a generous stipend is given to you immediately upon upon your departure. We have an imperial. We have a requisitioned imperial shuttle. By all rights, it appears legitimate. It should be able to get you into the starport. Our our agent. Her name is. Oh, uh, it's a good one. Sharice Huck. Sharice is in is near the starport in sort of the central city uh, within the planet within near the starport central city. You should be able to very quickly kind of find her. She has been given instructions to meet up meet up with you at a nearby at a nearby bar. Everything should be in place. The handoff should be fairly seamless. A stipend for any sort of incidentals can be provided. And then we assume that everything in the stipend will be used for incidentals, if you catch my drift. So you're providing me with an Imperial shuttle. I fly to this starport. I land because I have the access codes. I go to a bar, I hand off the materials, and I fly away. Yes. All right. (sighs) 
So here's my so my question for you, and this is for you. This is for you, Quinn. Is what do you yeah. want to know? What do you want to know? What's what's the one question you want to know about this uh, this operation that that you have the second success that you can kind of ask me, and I will answer honestly. Um. Well, if it was that simple, all they had to do was just you know have someone fly an imperial shuttle into a hangar bay and hand off something in a bar. They could have had anybody do it. So there's something that the general isn't telling me. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if, you know, whether it's, you know, force-sensitive intuition or it's just Rand's been around the block a few times that he somehow picks up on whatever that might be. Uh, the, yeah, uh, there's... I can definitely point. I can definitely point that out. I think the thing that he's that that Jin is playing sort of fast and loose with is he has not given any indication of who this 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 intelligence agent is. Mm. He's been very kind of just like it's one of our agents. You know, he said he said a name, but he's just kind of it's. I think this. You know, he's being very vague with the specifics of the situation. You mm. don't really know a lot about like what Sharice was doing there or what what this and it's like you asked like why there's this sudden uptick in imperial activity like there are holes in his story i think it's easier to say that there's not necessarily one thing it's just that he's being very broad strokes about it and almost probably intentionally making the operation sound easier than perhaps it really that really will be on the field so i stand up and i turn and i face him and I look him uh, straight in the eye, and I say, "What are you not telling me, General?" Make me a roll for this. All right. What do you want? Charm, <laughs> persuasion, negotiation? What am uh, I doing? I'll call this persuasion. I think is probably good for it. Okay. Oh, I guess they don't have persuasion as a skill. I guess it's uh, negotiation or charm. I'm going to call this, I think this is more negotiation than charm. I don't think you're necessarily being charming. I agree. Okay, what's the difficulty? Uh, we'll call this, um, I'm going to say because this is, because he is an like an, an agent, and because he is like a bureaucrat, I'm going to set mm-hmm. this at a, at a difficulty of three. Okay. I think Let it's me. a little bit tougher because he is somebody that is sort of no, sort of trained in obscure, like in knowing how to tell you something without telling you what he doesn't want to tell you. Okay. I have one triumph and two advantages. And because I'm a smooth talker when making negotiation sex, I can spend triumphs to gain additional successes equal to my rank, and it's a rank of one. So I can take... I can turn that triumph into two successes, uh, thus making it two successes and two advantages. Okay. So then I will have him... Okay, yeah, perfect. That works out really nicely. Okay. Um, so I think what he ends up telling you is he kind of, like, laughs, and he says, I should have known better. I, You're a pro, and this is, this is what we need. We... It's not just about pulling out an agent. This is not just... This is not just getting an agent off-planet. She has with her some information, some highly sought-after contraband, a data pad that contains the kind of schematics for the kind of weaponry that 
will lead, will serve the rebellion very nicely. But it's the kind of data pad and the kind of schematics that if the Empire were to find or were to have any reason to suspect that she might have it, there will be a problem. <sighs> so is the information or her more important to you, General? You know I can't answer that. You might have to. He says, he said the way he says it and like mm-hmm. the sparkle in his like deep brown eyes and the slightest flicker of a grin kind of hints at the answer that he would give if he could answer it. In other words, the, the plans are obviously more important yeah. than the agent. Yeah. Yeah. He can't, an- he can't answer it because he doesn't want to say the answer because it would make him out to be a bad guy. I'll look at him and I'll say, what's the matter, General? The General's bar is feeling a little heavy? You understand the burden of command, sure. No, I don't. Because I've avoided the burden of command my entire life, and I plan to continue to do so. Thank you very much. Uh, I can't say I don't envy that. At least in this moment. I will do my best to recover the plans. And if it proves to be convenient... I'll see to it that the agent returns as well. Oh, I like I like that. Good. He kind of like he looks down, he looks back up. I can do. I can work with that. I'm going to need a foil. So if you can find Hope for me, tell him to meet me in the hangar bay. I suspect he'll leap at the opportunity. That's what I'm banking on. And, uh, yeah, we cut to, we cut to inside the Imperial shuttle. Okay. You know, Hope is, Hope now is, like, looking as faux serious as he can. (laughs) Right. I'm on a mission! I'm on a mission! (laughs) Yeah, right, exactly. Like, he's got this, he's, like, very consciously doing this, like, stone face thing where he's like, yes, this is, this is it. This is, this is our opportunity. And he's kind of periodically, you look over just to see him whispering things to himself like, yeah, this, this is, this is it. It's all come to this. The star, the entirety of the Star Wars have come to this moment. (laughs) The entirety of the Star Wars. I love it. So (laughs) what's your, uh, what's your, what's, what's, walk me through, walk me, tell me, tell me where you're at as you're flying into this base. Well, Probably uh, sitting there uh, on the bridge. I mean, my piloting isn't, you know, phenomenal by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Well, I take that back. It's not bad, actually. Um, So I guess I am flying the thing. Um, If you you would like to have a crew, you could probably strong-arm Jin into giving you a pilot and some, at least people to operate the ship and all that. Well, then that's just that many more people that I have to, like, keep track of. Fair, fair point. Right? So I don't, I, don't, I don't really see Rand being the sort of individual who's like, surround me with bunches of people. Fucking off the bars of command, sure. <laughs> you know? It's just not, it's not what he's interested in at all. So, yeah, I'm probably flying and um, doing my best to, uh, you know, fly casual. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ran has learned over the years that it's fairly difficult to plan for the unexpected, rather just to make sure that you yourself are prepared for 
anything and you know kind of let let the cards fall where they may. So I don't think that Rand's probably putting a lot of thought or energy into okay, uh, I'm going to get there and I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. You know, I think it's more you know, make sure the coordinates are right, and then we come out of hyperspace, and then, you know, I'm going to, you know, fly casual, transmit the codes, you know, and, and kind of take it from there. Mm-hmm. Um, planning has never been a Rand strong suit. Yeah. In fact, give me a, give me a roll for, give me a roll for, to, to fly casual. I'm going to set this at a, at a difficulty of two, so a medium roll. Okay. Not so much to land, like, not so much to, like, land safely and everything. Or I guess this might be pilot, pilot space. Give me either either piloting role as you are basically what I'm what I'm asking for is a role to, you know, you're sending the codes, you're flying casual to make it look like you are a designated like imperial uh, shipment and that no one's going to look at your ship and say, hey, what's the right. what's going on here? All right. Uh, yeah. So I have. See if I can bring that up there. It looks like uh, one. One uh, advantage and one success. Okay. Yep. Seamless. And and we get that shot of the Imperial. We kind of zoom in on Cole Hero, and it is factor. It is like you know Warhammer 40k factory worlds. Just smokestacks yeah. billowing, people carrying like just just the barrels of cannons on like hover dollies. We're getting a lot of these shots as your Imperial cruiser is just effortlessly landing. And like no one's really noting it because it's just an imperial shuttle landing. Right. But there's pro- there's there's probably no shortage of them in the skies, kind of enforcing this like blockade or this like security lockdown, basically. And so okay. you land pretty effortlessly, and just as you kind of hit the atmosphere and start to approach uh, Starport Seven G, you hope kind of leans forward in his seat. And it's like ow. Ow. What the... This is... This is new. Do you ever get headaches? Because I'm getting this weird headache. Yeah, I get headaches. Yeah. I just kind of give them a look like, you know... (laughs) Like, you're often the source of them. (laughs) And, like... He seems like it, it. He immediately like starts to go to laugh, but then starts holding like the bridge of his nose in his hand again. It's just like, uh, no, I'm okay, but seriously though. And I think at that moment, what's the? Tell me what it feels like when you sense not just the force, but the dark, like the like the dark side of the force, or like a a a, a Sith presence. I think maybe, you know, uh, you know, in the movies, they always, you know, talk about, I feel cold, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think there's kind of a chill. But I, I I like to think also that, you know, the light side energy and the dark side energy kind of create like pressure waves, okay, you know, sure. a little bit. So I, I tend to think that um, maybe it's kind of like this cold chill that's also... Uh, a part of this sort of pressure change, you know, kind yeah. of like when you're going up in an in an airplane. Yeah. And so there's I love sort of the, you know there's kind of this pressure change, like you've just stepped into this colder, you know, different pressure zone, right? Yeah. That's how I've always it's, thought of it. Yeah, it's like a cold wind when it blows on you and your muscles kind of tighten. Yeah, a little bit, right? But there's also kind of yeah. that pressure there where you can kind of just kind of feel the sort of oh yeah, the pressure's changing. 
yeah, 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 I love that. And that's exactly what you start to feel. And it's mm. definitely something that you have felt before. And you're looking at Hope, like, clutching his head mm. and, like, being like, ah, what in the... Griffin... Ugh. And you're getting the sense that, that this is not something that he has ever felt before. Hmm. I don't say anything to him. I mean, right. you know... Uh, He's, you know, he wants to be a Jedi, then it's about time mm-hmm. he learns how to deal with this sort of crap. That's perfectly valid. That's kind, that's, of Rand's, that's kind of Rand's attitude is like, look, this is what you want, so, you know, figure your crap out. Mm-hmm. I love it. I, I, I completely love it. Yeah. And he's just like, you get, you kind of step off and you are, there are Imperials, like, officers as far as the eye can see like running and it, and what's weird about it as you step off the shuttle is there's a lot of imperial like officers and bureaucrats and people in sort of officialist uniforms mm-hmm. handling jobs that seem like they would be way beneath an imperial like officer so there's Have like I- there are people carrying dollies and like boxes and things Have I um so, you know, one of the things I noticed uh, from the movies all the time is that it seems also like um, Force users, w- when they encounter a specific sort of sense or presence, they can they tend to kind of pick up on that, almost like each pressure wave has mm-hmm. its own sort of vibration or frequency or something. Sure. Does anything about that sort of sense of the dark side feel familiar specifically to Ran? Or is it just that the, it's the dark side and Ran has sensed that before? Um, why don't you give me a sense roll? All right, let's see here. To see how much, to see sort of how much you can, you can piece that, uh, yeah, give me a, give me a, uh, give me a force roll for that to give me, tell me how much you can kind of pick up on the specifics of it. Okay. I think sense is a force ability, right? Am I making that up? No, no, uh, you aren't making it up. I'm just trying to think of which force ability would be most applicable in this case. Um, I guess I'll just uh, roll my force rating, and then um, I'll tell you. uh, I'll tell you what I got. Yeah, that works. All right. Uh, I have one dark side point and two dark side points that uh, Ran obviously isn't going to spend. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think that I think it's not one. It's not a specific uh, pressure that you've felt before. Hmm. And so you 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 can sense that it's a particular presence, right? Like you you get the sense because you know you have you've been in Vader, you've been around Vader, you know how your body reacts around someone that, like specific like that. So you can right. be like, this is someone specific, but I I can't get any details about them. All right. Well, at least that's I, good because you know. Rand's the kind of person where had he picked up on that very specific sense of Vader, who he remembers very distinctly, mm-hmm. would have just gotten back on the shuttle. <laughs> yep. What is that? We're going home. Well, that's would it. Been, would have been a quick game. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm not, you know, Rand, Rand doesn't need to do that again. Been mm-hmm. there, done that. Uh, didn't want the t-shirt. So Fair. That's okay. Fair. All right. So, um, well, I... I uh, I assume I was given directions to this bar. Yeah, it is a small, uh, it is a small, not like one of the few sort of non-imperial controlled or imperial like loyal bars in the mm. area. 
which at least for now means that it's primarily mercenaries and bounty hunters as opposed to, you know, general general people who live in the system, factory workers and like at this point because of the because of the enhanced imperial presence on planet pretty much the imperials have taken over all of the area bars except for like one or two that have already had sort of a criminal element and then all of the criminal elements sort of flocked to these two bars and what what uh cover was i given what's my alias who am i um that's a good question knowing the general it's probably something you know that they thought was fairly pedestrian and plebeian sounding mm-hmm. <laughs> but i mean i don't know uh we'll say let me think let's see why don't you um We'll say that you're an imperial, uh, like, you're an imperial intelligence officer yourself because, like, oh, you okay. have to have yeah. a reason. You would have to have a reason to be going onto a planet in a lockdown. So I think, like, sure. having you as sort of an intelligence sort of relay point is probably, like, a good call. So, in fact, because of that, though, I am going to ask you for a deception roll. And this is going to be, uh, we're going to call this hard. We'll call this three. Okay. Just a general deception roll, or is it t- towards someone in specific? Maybe person I was talking to on the. Yeah, it's towards. Okay. Um, it is towards basically a, uh, an imperial sort of um, almost comptroller. I think that's not the right word, but a dispatcher. That's the one I'm thinking of. A dispatcher that basically, as you're giving your cover story, is basically grilling you on. So you're flying in and you give your sort of cover about being an Imperial intelligence. And they're like, okay, great. Are you meeting with, are you meeting with anybody? Do you have any particular sort of uh, things that you're, you're handing off? Like what's your purpose here? What do you want the difficulty to be? We'll call it three. No, we'll call it two. I think this is, this is a low level person. And if you, if you were to sort of brush them off, they probably wouldn't be the most upset. (laughs) Fair enough. I don't think I've done so well. What is that? Three. That looks like uh, two failures and an advantage. Okay, so uh, if you have an idea on what you want the advantage to be, uh, but I know what I know what I want the failure to be, and that is that you that basically um, when you say that when you say that you're like an your imperial intelligence, the person pips in with like, "Oh, great! You're probably you're probably here to meet with uh, you're probably here to meet with the moth. We'll set up an appointment for you post haste so you can hand off whatever information you've been dispatched to hand off." And we'll 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 beam you the information on your communi- on your on your com link as soon as possible. Hmm. Um, I think the advantage is that uh, Rand doesn't reveal any of his cards. Okay. So sure. It's the guy's like, I'm going to set you up with them off right immediately, and Rand's like, Okay, great, thank you very much. And in sort of that sort of attitude of, I will worry about that. After I get through this <laughs> sort mm-hmm. of mentality, you know, I, he doesn't show his cards. He doesn't be like, oh, uh, you know, uh, I don't really want to meet with the moth. You know, he just kind of like, OK, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I want to do. You're cool under pressure. And I think that's, that's value, the valuable skill, especially in your current predicament. Yes, exactly. So he just kind of keeps his cool together and he doesn't give anything away. That's so what I would like my advantage to be. I love it. That's perfect. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. Is I think that the person is so is so kind of on autopilot that they also don't really ask you any other questions. They're just like, okay, great. Imperial Intelligence, we'll set up a meeting with them off immediately. Click. Right. Right. 
Won't so, be the first. Won't be the first meeting that Ran has not made it to. Mm-hmm. So, um, so you're in the starport, right? You're moving towards um, this bar. We'll call it uh, Jalepi's place. Jalepi, nice. All right. Yeah. Jalepi is what's the the alien? Sells great meatballs. Yes, Jalepi, Jalepi is the <laughs> alien that was Dex from. Uh, oh yeah, that, yeah, uh, Dex from um, uh, Attack of the Clones. Yes, that sort of ridiculous mustachy yes, diner I, alien. I forget what the name of they. I forget their name now, but um, yes, outstanding. Yes, Jalepi is Jalepi is exactly that alien. Um, and I think in the grand tradition of Star Wars, he's that alien with a different colored mustache and a and like a newsboy cap that is yes. never explained. Right? Yes, because that way we know it's two different ones. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Because you know we're saving money on the costumes. It's, it's exactly. A lot, it's a lot of latex. So, um, but you're heading towards Jalepi's place, and you are seeing all of these kind of Imperials, and Hope is behind you, still clutching his head and looking around and being like, "What?" Knock it off, okay. boy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sure. Being cool, being cool, being cool, being cool, being cool. So what's the plan, boss? You're going to keep your mouth shut, and you're going to follow along behind me like you're my aide-de-camp. Understood. Understood. Keep my mouth shut. Keep Good. my mouth shut starting now. Now. Well, I mean, now. I just keep walking. Yep. <laughs> just... just <sighs> All right, I'm trying to make my way to the uh, Jalepis here, and uh, I assume my instructions were, you know, to look for someone or maybe to sit in a specific booth and they would find me. So, you know, right now, until, you know, everything hits the fan, mm-hmm. uh, Ren's just going to try and follow the script as written. Um, Perfect. So you so you get to Jalepis' place. It's It's... The cantina. It is a classic Star Wars cantina shot. You know, nice. There's aliens and bounty hunters of all kinds. Uh, Dengar is there, and that's our one big like Star Wars extended nice, universe nice. cameo. Uh, how you doing, Dengar? Like the bandages, man. Those Thank are you. you. Those Looks are good. you, buddy. Those are you. And Doo-doo. you're kind of you find the booth that you've been designated to sit at. Okay. And you've got some time. You are sitting for a while. And you see no sign of anybody sort of coming towards your booth. Okay. What are you doing in that sort of downtime? Are you just sitting casually? Are you doing any research? Are you looking into anything? Are you just hanging out? What are you? What's what's your game plan here? Well, I think you know uh, the first hour or so, Ran would probably spend that time just kind of you know looking around, uh, observing, looking at all of the different people that are kind of coming in and out, um, trying to get a sense of you know who the clientele are, what kind of place this is, you know who's frequenting. You know, making a note of, okay, who's walking in with weapons, who's walking in with weapons, and they don't want people to think they're walking in with weapons. You know, kind of essentially spending that time getting to know the surround the, their, their surroundings and the environment. Mm-hmm. And then give, if me, an, give me an underworld role for that. Give me an underworld right. role, and we'll call it, uh, we'll call it easy. We'll call it one difficulty. Okay. I would call it perception, but I think it's probably better fit. For, I think because you're specifically looking around at the criminal element, I think it makes more sense to go underworld. One success. Okay. Yeah. You can tell that what's interesting about this is that, like, the bounty hunters and mercenaries are almost all surrendering, even the weapons that they don't want people to know about. Like, you see a uh, you see a Rodian come in and pull out a vibro knife from her boot, 
and mm. she like hangs it. She hangs. She like hands it off to a, a coat rack droid. That's one of those like six arm droids and takes it and puts it on a hook and runs it along a hook like a like on a on a on a bar, on a dowry and she like runs it along or a dowel. She runs it along, and like they're all being. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, so a little, little bit like that uh, gun closet in Matrix Two when they go down to hell. Yes, exactly <laughs> like that. Yeah, Where, and and everybody is being extremely like friendly about it, and they're just like, "Well, gun check. You know, I don't want to cause trouble in Jalepi's place." All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I'll hand over. Then I would have um, probably uh, quite happily handed over my heavy blaster pistol. Yeah, and I think she like. Uh, I'm picturing she's got like one of those big panel faces that lights up with like pixelated smileys and like. Her, like, line turns into a smiley face as she takes the gun, hands you a little, like, hands you a little, like, one of those vibrating restaurant things. Nice. Nice. And she's, she's like, uh, hand this, if there's a problem, you know, this will buzz. Otherwise, hand it back and we'll use it to track your, to track your weaponry. Thank you. Thank you so much for handing things off. We appreciate it. Yeah, that's great. I always love to come here when they have the uh, never-ending fettuccine Alfredo bowl. It's great. It's, it's but, um, so you're hanging out here. Yeah. So that's probably and, what Ren has spent most of his time doing. Yeah. And I think that what you've noticed is, like, most of the clientele has done that. A few, a few Imperial officers have come in and not done that. Mm-hmm. But you get the sense that, like, but, like, immediately when somebody sees someone not check their weapons, there's, like, a bit of a scene around them. Like, people kind of hover and a few, and like the mercenaries all kind of like start to puff out their muscles a little bit, and it's clearly like, oh, if you're trying to hold on to your weapon, we're going to physically intimidate you and make this uncomfortable for you. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much how rent would spend uh, a, a good portion of that time. Um, you know, if there's windows to look out on the street, you know, once Ran has felt like you know he's got a pretty good bead on what's going on inside Jalepe's. He might turn his attention out to the street or the walkway or, you know, the, uh, since it's Star Wars, the space walkway or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever it is right outside the windows and, you know, give a good look there, you know, what's going on across the street, who are the people walking by, you know, I mean, all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, and I think, like, you see a few, like, factory people, and you see kind of Imperials brush past them and, like, straighten out their, their shirts, right? Like, you see them kind of pull the Picard maneuver where they pull mm-hmm. down the front of their tunics. And right. I love it. Every, everyone just seems very on edge, at least all of the Imperials. None of the, the brownie hunters, mercenaries, factory people seem to notice, but the Imperials are all really tightly on edge. Mm. So, you know, given the fact that I'm... Um, you know, chiss and, uh, you know, prone to lots of observation and, you know, that kind of a thing. Um, what, having, you know, spent now a couple hours while I'm waiting, you know, watch, looking out on the street and also looking in here, are there any sort of um, conclusions that, you know, Ren might have been able to pull together or any kind of patterns or anything like that? About the Imperials or about just the, the neighborhood in general? Uh, more about the Imperials. The neighborhood seems pretty self-explanatory. Uh, I think the Imperials, the pattern is, they are, you noticed back at the spaceport that they were, like, carrying dollies and, like, running, you know, pulling levers on computers and things that generally they would be perfectly fine handing off to, a, like, a subordinate. And now you're seeing them walk around and kind of, like, brush past pe- and, like, 
two-step it, you know, double-step it to past people to try to get into specific places and be where they need to be. There's a lot of, like, review, you know, you're, you're, this all has the feeling of performance review season. Of, mm. evalu- of, like, of military check-in season. Yeah, that's suddenly, kind of what I was thinking. I just I wanted to make sure I, I was thinking the right way. Yeah, you're 100% on, you're 100% on the right track there. Because it, everyone kind of has the vibe of, oh, oh, now we have to have, now everything has to be 100%, so I have to take over the areas where I've let things slack off in the last, like, eight months or whatever. You know, like you do. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I think two things happen fairly back-to-back. Okay. Uh, I think moments before she walks in and before you before you see Charisse, mm-hmm. um, moments before you see her, she, you, you, your, your comm link buzzes. And it buzzes with essentially an event invite for a meeting okay. with, and it's, it's a message, it's like a communication from uh, Moff Harrister. Mm. Probably their, their assistant or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay. It says like it says like uh Car Haranchi on behalf of Moff Harrister. And it's basically like, you know, we you know, we're happy, we are delighted to hear that Imperial Intelligence is relaying information to our is relaying information to our base. We would invite you to a meeting. Also, uh Inquisitress Krogar will be there. Oh. Aha. Uh-huh. That explains a great deal. And as you're reading those words, uh, Charisse comes in, and she is young, but, like, young but a little weathered-looking. Young but has has been in the thick of it for a very long time. Okay. Okay. Visibly looks like she threw herself hard into into like the rebellion and has been like pushing herself beyond her meet her limits for a long while. Well, Rand can relate. Rand's fairly well weathered, although mm-hmm. although older, <laughs> still pretty well weathered. <laughs> All right, yeah. Well, you know, um, I'll just continue to sit here. I won't really make a, a big show of noticing her. What do you do when Hope like immediately hops to his feet and starts to walk over? Sit down, boy. Okay, sure, sure. Being cool. Shut my mouth. Right now. Starting now. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) I really, I really like these two is the thing. (laughs) Yeah, they're great, aren't they? (laughs) They just, uh, just, you know, there's this constant sort of, it's like, it's like you have this little pebble in your boot and every Mm -hmm. time you take your boot off thinking you can find it, you can't. Nope. And yet, as soon isn't. as you go walking down the street, you're like, there it is again. <laughs> yep. As soon as you take that first step, that's yep. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty, it's, 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 there's some comedy to be had there, that's for sure. Yeah. I so, assume that, um, I assume that, uh, Hope has more than demonstrated where exactly we are and that, uh, she likely has instructions to meet whoever is sitting in a particular booth. So I'm going to continue to, uh, play it cool. And so, um, she, yeah, Charisse walks over, uh, Hope sits down reluctantly next to you. Charisse goes over and grabs a drink specifically between two Imperials and is just kind of, like, very chill about it, mm-hmm. grabs her drink, scopes the bar a little bit, looks, you know, looks at you, looks three tables past you, 
slides over to the bar, carries over a drink, like hands you a drink, does not hand Hope a drink, and just right. leans in and says, So, been here, been here long? No, just passing through. Excellent, excellent. Happy to hear it. So, and she kind of looks over and notices that the Imperials have gone back to being hassled by the bounty hunters and leans in. So, I take it you've been informed about the situation. I have. Anything, any complications I should know about before we make our exit? No, no, I I don't think, uh... I don't think Jalepi will mind sharing his recipe as long as we are quick and efficient. I don't think so at all. I believe he is more than amenable. So, uh, obviously, we just have to get clearance. We just have to make sure we get exit clearance, you know, talk to the right Imperials, get the right codes taken off, and we'll be out of here. Yeah, it's definitely one way to do it. Is there another way? Well, it seems to me that the best way to leave is in the way that uh, is most convenient and least expected. Listening? <sighs> you know, Jalepi, uh, I don't know if you know this, but he ships a great deal of his food um, all over, all over the galaxy. It's high demand. Um, which means there's quite a bit of uh, shipment that mm. leave regularly from here. Hmm. And because it's all heavy, you know, the recipes, the food's very heavy, there's very little reason to, you know, break it apart into its finite ingredients to make sure that all the ingredients are right. It's so heavy that, you know, most people just kind of taste that overarching flavor of Gillespie's. Of course. So uh, I was thinking... You know, since it's really just the big flavor that people are interested in, and they tend not to notice the finer details, that, you know, maybe we can sneak our recipe in with Jalepi's recipe. All and right. uh, maybe have it disseminated that way. I imagine Hope has no idea what we're talking about. Oh, yeah. Hope is just like, Hope keeps looking over at the bar where Jalepi <laughs> is serving drinks and is like, what the? I feel like I was told an entirely different operation was happening. So I look over. Uh, I look over at Hope, and I say, "Pay attention." And I look back at Charisse, and I'll say, "I, I think it's time for us to acquaint ourselves with the inside of a shipping container." Wouldn't be, wouldn't be the first time. Probably won't be the last. I have to go gather some things. I take it we'll meet back at the starport in an hour? Sounds good. All right. And the the, the three of you depart. She goes left. I well, we wait, you go- right? you got to do the stagger oh, leave, yeah, yeah. right? So you don't call she, attention to anything. So it's like, you know. She takes her leave. Right. We wait. You know, one, two, three, four. Okay. It's our turn. <laughs> yep. All right. So where where are you headed? Are you scoping out? Are you scoping out shipping containers and like transport vessels? Yeah, I'm just, you know, uh, I'm going to walk as though um, I belong. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes that's the that's the best con is to not con, but just to simply, 
you know, kind of, yes, I, I, uh, I belong here, you know, mm-hmm. um, and just kind of uh, familiarize myself. Take 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 the hour to s- take note of, uh, you know, where the big sort of shipping is happening. And I think you you find it easily enough. You find specifically there is a um, there's like a vessel gearing up to leave. Probably not like. Probably, you know, in like a few hours, they're starting to load. They're starting to like actively load crates to to get this ship of like minor parts, like you know, re- like transistor rings and stuff like that. Perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Yeah, there's one of these vessels that is getting loaded up right now. Um, a couple of stormtroopers are doing the thing where they carry the big boxes <laughs> and they drop them off repeatedly. Yeah. Yes. And you see that. And as you see that, your comlink buzzes again. Mm. And this time it is uh, marked as high importance. Mm. Again, from Moff Harris. Actually, this one is from Moff Harrister himself. Oh. He says, we heard, we heard from your attache about the import, about the important matter there is to discuss. We will be at the starport post haste okay i um will reply that uh, i'm uh i was that i'm actually i was on the way to the moff's palace okay so it'll be some time before i uh, arrive back at the uh it'll be there will be a delay before i can arrive back at the starport because i have to you know obviously turn around give me a uh give me a deception and this is going to be hard yeah, this is this is this is how it goes. Ren's not very good at deceiving, but you know that's the nature of the beast here. One success and two threats. Okay, that's um, I think the threats are okay. Yeah, so I think um, the message you get back is even better. Be here immediately. We need to discuss uh, the matters at hand, and I think um. I think the threats are you start seeing a sort of scrolling news ticker alerts mm-hmm. on a lot of the screens basically saying like uh possible possible uh possible rebel agents detected on base lot you know mm-hmm. be super aware we are we are we are triple checking all credentials before evacuation at the request of an Imperial Intelligence Officer. Yes. Yes. Check all those credentials. Triple check them, if you if you would be so kind. Uh, wonderful. Well, that's good. That's good. That's, that's another reason why we aren't just going to try and fly out of here and use the mm-hmm. codes that were purchased. Because that seems just like a bad idea all around now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, well, having identified the, the, the thing, I want to study kind of the pattern of loading... Uh, mm-hmm. Because Rand's idea is we open up one of the crates and we all three climb in, close the crate up, the crate gets loaded onto the vessel, and the vessel takes off. And okay. we don't have to worry about, you know, persuading anybody to, you know, take a look at these codes two or three times in a row, you know, and yes, this Imperial shuttle isn't stolen, and, you know, we don't have to worry about any of that. We just sneak yeah. out with, you know, the average... Joe Blow transistors, and, um, you know, we spend the money 
getting back to Yavin once we get to wherever, you know, mm-hmm. we're going. Okay. Yeah. Give me a cool roll. All right. As you're as uh, you're, you're you're hovering around. Now, cool is something that Ren definitely is good at. Okay. I'm uh, actually. I am going to give you a black dice though. Uh, okay. A black dice named named Hope, who is right. not as good at being it's, cool. It's, it's so true. No, it's so true. I mean, that's why I had to bring Hope along to make this interesting. Um, all right. Uh, any uh, difficulty die? Um, we'll call this. Um, we'll call it medium. We'll call it two. Okay. All right. That is two successes and three advantages. Okay. Uh, if you have any ideas on what you want the advantages to be, the successes is you're able to kind of just, like, hang back. Mm-hmm. Because you're in, like, this very, like, official-looking garb, no one really is giving you notice. Right. Uh, Hope is keeping... Hope is sort of just hovering in the background, probably kind of, like, following from place to place with some Imperials running, doing checks. Okay. And I... you're able to just kind of step back and watch and see how things unfold. Uh, I would like the two advantages, uh, the three advantages. I would like to spend the three advantages um, on finding, having sat and watched successfully and and done so in a way that no one is bothering me. Uh, I would like to spend those three advantages uh, by having located um, a crate, an ideal crate for us to use. I I think you've, I think you've, yeah, I think you've exactly identified... You know, the very classic sort of Star Wars equivalent of the three barrels that are approximately right. your size. Exactly. We're, we're totally doing a uh, Tolkien Hobbit moment here. This yep. Is, this is, you are reading my mind precisely. Yeah, and I think that, I think it's just, it's exactly that, you know, we pan over and, you know, we get uh, two, two, star, two stormtroopers carry boxes and as they walk by the frame, it sort of pans to the side and we've zoomed in on these boxes and I think, like, you're standing directly in front of them just as Sharice kind of meets up with you discreetly doing the whole spy thing. Okay. And it's like, so what's the situation? All aboard. And I kind of motion to the to the crepe. And she eyes you for a second, and she's like, that's it? That's it? And she stands there for another moment and says, there's nothing else that we need to do. We just climb into some crates and we vamoose. That's it. My job is to get that information and you out of here. So all aboard. And I think, um, we don't need to complicate this lady. Let's just get going. <laughs> you know, I start to feel a little bit like Han Solo, right? It's just like, right, no. come on, come on. <laughs> like, when, Oh, now we got to go find the princess. Oh, and now we got to go do this. Look, all I wanted to do was deliver you to Alderaan. And she, um, I think her response to that is she's like, okay, yeah, sure. No problem. And she takes out like her compad and she looks down at it and she looks back up. And she looks at you for a really long time. And, like, this, like, cool, calm, like, friendly demeanor starts to drop a little bit. hmm And she sighs and says, you're too good at this. <sighs> and she, like, well, and then she kind of, her eyes drift over to Hope. hmm And she says, we can still spin success out of this. 
I can still spin success. I think she starts talking to herself and you're able to just kind of hear it. Mm. She's like, I can still, we can still make the operation a success. And she, make me a perception roll. I think you're going to notice what she does either way, but I want to, I want to see if you have time to, uh, to stop it. Okay. Or to react to it, I guess. So we'll call this, we'll have it be a uh, one purple and a red. Oh, okay. Very this fun. is her, this, I think this is, this kind of deception is her specialty. Oh, well, I, um, I get to, um, upgrade the difficulty of incoming charm, coercion, and deception checks once, uh, per rank, and I have a rank in that. Perfect, yeah. So it's going to be even more difficult for her to actually deceive me here. Okay. And then I have also an advantage I can add to all charm, coercion, and deception checks unless the target is immune to force powers. She is not. Okay. So I'm going to add in my advantage. Uh, so even though even though her difficulty would be normally my two greens in perception. Mm-hmm. Um, because she's making that deception check. I can make one of those a yellow. All right. To upgrade. So there's that. And then, so it's going to be pretty even, all told. All right, here we go. I all right. got, uh, let's see. I always, <laughs> I always pick the wrong side of where the camera is. I always think it's on the other side. I have, it looks like one triumph, two successes, and two threats. I don't know if Dang. you can see that. All right. So, th- yeah, technically... Three successes, uh, a triumph, and two threats. Yep, yep. All right. That's that's pretty good. Okay, so you see that she has taken out her comlink or her mm-hmm. data pad and is basically transmitting like a hollow picture uh-huh. of hope. Like and is based and is like writing a message about hope to someone that you're not that you don't know of. Oh. Well, I'll just pull the data pad out of her hand. I don't know. Are we standing near somewhere where I can, like, throw it and it's like, you know, like, uh, in my mind, I envision a standing near a ledge somewhere where I can just, like, chuck it off the ledge? Oh, yeah, totally. I'll, I'll totally, I'll totally, I'll totally, let, let, yeah, there's always, there's always ledges in Star Wars. Right, there's, so there's always, always ledges, ledges in Star Wars. And that, never, never handrails. So, yeah. Well, you no, because OSHA over. doesn't exist in the Star Wars galaxy. Right. So, you know, if you fall off, you just get replaced. Yeah, so I just chuck it with the force, just throw it way out there. What the criff are you doing? I believe I'm, uh, I believe I'm stealing your data pad and then throwing it off. There were, there were identities on there. There were names of agents. Mm-hmm. The, the very names of agents that you were told to bring back to base. Yep. Not playing anymore. So you want to, uh, cut, cut it straight? Or do we have to make this difficult? Uh, I'm going to ask for this to be, I think this is, I think that you're trying to coerce right now. Well, more negotiate. Yeah. Yeah. We'll give, I'll give you negotiate. Yeah. This seems like, this seems like good negotiation. You know, that's, that's what I, you know. Yeah, for sure. He's trying to do is negotiate. I mean, I'll do coercion if you want. No, no, no. I think negotiation is perfect. I was kind of, I was flip-flopping between the both of them. So I think that's perfect. All right. So negotiation, I have a couple of those and one of those. Uh, anything else I'm adding to, uh, call it a three. Okay. She is, she is, she is good at this. All right. I have, looks like two successes and one threat. Okay. 
so I think that between the two threats last time and the one threat this time, um, I think that she didn't get the 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 picture off. Mm-hmm. But there is, but you do get a note to your comm link that is like, that is like, you know, uh, we've received security reports from the starport. Security, a security envoy will be there momentarily to escort you to the fort, to the palace. And you see from like distant corridors, people starting to kind of enter in, mm-hmm. in like imperial, uh, imperial guard wear, you know, imperial security, security wear, guns right, at right. the guns at their hip, security They're, guards, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And they're talking to they're talking to Cruz. You see the blast door start to lower, and she leans mm-hmm. in and says, "You don't." All right, let's. All right, allow me to introduce myself. Sharice Huck, Re- Rebel Alliance Intelligence Division, Propaganda Specialist. I don't know if you know where you are right now. But this is a weapons factory capable of developing the kinds of weapons that could turn the tide of this fight. If we can turn the fact, turn the people in this factory onto our side, we could turn the tide of all of this. Hmm. You don't know the kinds of things that are on the horizon. I do. It's my job to know. Is all that, we need. Is that also your job then to uh, report me to the moth? And I pull up my comm link. I'm just kind of show her. Anything else you care to add? What's... The people forgot. The people have forgotten. They needed a reminder of what the Empire took from them. They needed a reminder of what Order 66 looked like. Putting, putting a couple young Jedi in a space with an Inquisitor... At best, we have a heroic battle that brings people to their feet and Ride gets starts a starts a fight and she looks around and keeps quiet. At worst, the people see something tragic happen. Hmm. Too bad you don't have any young Jedi's. She 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 looks over to Hope for a very long time and just says, Don't I? Not at all. Boy. And I say, Come here. Yeah, boss. As soon as he walk, as soon as he walks within range of me, I grab him, and dive backwards off the ledge. Oh dang! All right, yeah. And just let free fall happen for a while, um, because I have the move force ability, and I'm able to move silhouette two objects. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure I have the ability to bring us to a nice soft landing. However, hundred, yeah, make me that make me that force roll. However far away that needs to be. <laughs> yeah, make me that force roll. For sure. Um, let's see here. Move objects. Spend force points to move one object ranging from silhouette one to silhouette two. Okay, so I only need to... And I'm not hitting think, anything. So the base power costs one FP to move an object of silhouette zero up to short range. I'm not actually moving. Yeah. Um, but I'll, I will spend both uh, force let me roll my force points, and I'll see how yep. many force points I have to spend. And if I have to, I'll spend all of them to bring us to a stop. Um, just to see what we get here. Because why not? This sounds like a good idea. Mm-hmm. Right. You know me. I'm always looking for the um, dramatic. <laughs> no, for sure. It's. I mean, it's Star Wars. That's If you're not looking for the dramatic, you're playing it wrong. All right, I have uh, three light side and two dark side. I'm going to spend um, 
If I'm reading this all correctly, I only need really to spend a force point, but I'll spend two force points just to make sure that we land yeah. nicely. I'll let, you spend, I'll, let, I'll let you spend two force points and land comfortably, yeah. Yeah, especially since I also happen to have force leap. Mm-hmm. So, anyway. Yeah. I'm she sure- is standing at the ledge and just, like, screaming, like, what is wrong with... And then she, like, gets composure, looks around, and, like, you see her walk back... Or you see her walk away from the ledge in that second and just, like, disappear into the crowd. Now, I assume that we have fallen hundreds of feet. I mean, you know, it's Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. So everything's built yeah. way up. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I don't know why, but I have this sort of view in mind of, you know, Crescent during the the Clone Wars cartoon mm-hmm. series. And, you know, there's these deep wells that yep. kind of lead down to lower parts of the city or the factories or whatever. And that's kind of what I envisioned was that, you know, I just kind of went whoop, <laughs> off the edge and just fell for as long as, you know, necessary. And then, mm-hmm. you know, brought us to a stop. Probably all the while, Hope is screaming. No, no. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm picturing you just have, you just, I'm picturing this happens and immediately you just hand over his mouth and yes. fall backwards. So it yes. just, <laughs> and you're just like stone faced, like, yep, this is what's happening. <laughs> yep. That's really, really good. Yeah. So you fall and you fall and you fall and you see that it shifts from, that sort of clean black metal imperial aesthetic to like rusty, rusty warm red colors, like the old like conspir confederacy, like uh, the old confederacy uh, like aesthetic. Those like yeah, real yeah. dirty, grimy factories. Yeah, and grimy. Finally, like you land on like a giant boiler room floor. These colossal heating vents are just surrounding you. Nice. What do you do? Ah. <sighs> I let go of hope. Why? Well, it's either that or you get the opportunity to die at the hands of Inquisitor. Which would you prefer? Understood. Good. I mean, I don't. I have a lot of questions, but... I just start walking (laughs) and looking around. (laughs) Okay, sure. (laughs) Sooner or later, hope will learn that, you know... Answers are not given. <laughs> he throws his hands up and says, I guess I just get used to this. I guess this is just how the partnership works. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just start looking around, um, getting a sense of the surroundings, figuring out where we are, um, seeing if there is a door. You know, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Just trying to just kind of get our bearings. Um, there are a few doors and tunnels. It's all very kind of labyrinthine because you're kind of just in like the lower powering sector. Love it. And there are, um, what are the, the little pig aliens from Bespin are kind of running oh, around yeah, yeah, with yeah. shovels. Um, um, uh, Udguts, I think they're what they're yes, called. Yes, Ugnots, so yes. Like, Ugnots, yes. Ugnots are kind of like running around. <laughs> yeah, and it's just... It is a whole different scene down here, and they a lot of a lot of a lot of people are very confused as to why you have suddenly fallen and then gracefully landed, and are just a lot of them are just like they see that happen and just keep put their head down and go. <laughs> so I'm gonna walk up to one of them mm-hmm. and say, "Could you point me towards the exit?" Um, one of them looks at you and looks at Hope and looks at you and looks at Hope and just says. And like points you towards 
like kind of just like waves you along because <laughs> it is easier to it is easier to give you what you want than get into this the 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 trouble that is going to come if you don't exit this facility immediately. Right. Or or the trouble that would come from asking questions as to why that happened. Exactly. And who it's are just you? Like, it's just better for me to just, Yeah, it's right over there. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's come on, follow me and like they walk you through like some tunnels. Oh, sorry, God. It's everything that just happened is way above their pay grade. Oh yeah, they're just. <laughs> yep, it's not for me. I'll show you where the exit is. It's fine. Yeah, excellent. Love it. And yeah, they I'll walk you them. through some tunnels, and they they walk you to like a small, a much smaller like shipping port mm. that's basically almost exclusively for just like the receiving of raw mineral of like coal and stuff. Like, it, it, you can see that it kind of exits out through an extended mine cave. Love it. And it's basically just their way of, of, of flying stuff, flying, like, stuff that's going to be burned in here so that it doesn't have to, like, then go through the Imperial docking bay above. Excellent. We have a way out. Uh, so, um, I'm going to take a look around. Um, what I'm envisioning, and, and you'll have to move things around for me if I'm how, sure. depending on how far off I am but I'm envisioning that there are some kind of containers that d- deliver the stuff and then those containers make a return trip somehow to yes. the spacecraft that dropped the stuff off in the first place yep okay so uh, with that in mind um, I'm going to uh, jump uh, into one of the containers mm-hmm. dragging hope with me that, it, that is headed out and I, my hope is, if we can get down in the bottom of this thing, um, that we won't be noticed, and hopefully get close enough that we can, you know, sneak on board a ship or something. Um, I think that you do that, and the uh, the Ugnot, like that was talking to you, kind of leans over the uh, leans over the box, mm-hmm. and says like, and says like in. In sort of broken, broken, sort of uh, common, just because, like, so you looking to leave in a hurry? Because we could make that happen for a price. Oh, absolutely. And I am more than happy to pay it. Oh, well, all right. That was easy. That was easy. And yeah. <laughs> Basically, and yeah, like, so money is exchanged and, you know, he drags the lid over this box. Because you're not exiting not in the box. Like, that's, right. that's clear. Right, right. <laughs> and the, the box is carried to uh, uh, sort of an, uh, a sky vessel. The sky vessel goes to, like, an, an interstellar, like, shipping vessel. And we pan, you know, that ship flies off and we pan over to, uh, or, like, we get one last shot of Charisse back on it like looking Mm. around and like texting as imperial security goes around and she sends off one message and she hits send and we we sort of pan circle pan around to just the shot of the 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 data pad screen sending the message camera swirls and it's Jin holding it on the roof of the jedi temple with ran right in front of him wait i don't understand so she sends a message to, yeah, to and we we pan over to some time later back at the temple. Or do you go back to the temple? I guess is the bigger question. Yeah, yeah, I would go back to the temple. Oh, I see. So it's being revealed. It's being revealed to the audience that the general is a double agent. 
or that the general is has received the message that like the plan to dump you off or to basically sacrifice you to the empire to right. galvanize this that that you fig that you figured out the plan and backed off and backed out on it basically right right okay um are we continuing or is that the end no no we continue yeah i figured okay. he's just standing there looking he's like so so we should talk yes we should i would love to hear an explanation general well uh, I would love to have one, but uh, I'm afraid that I we're casually both going to be a little... My, I casually move my cloak away to reveal my lightsaber on my belt. And I think he casually, like, opens up... He casually, like, moves moves his hand... Like, hand, transfers his data pad to his other hand and rests uh-huh. his hand by his blaster. Do you think that's a wise idea, General? you think you can beat me? I think that no matter what happens up here, you've got a long way to the near to the starport if you if you do what you're thinking of doing. So I guess I would ask you the same question. Uh, you forget. I don't really care. You do. An opportunity fell in our laps. Two Jedi, one of whom wanted nothing to do with us, the other of whom, naive enough that if the truth came out, would think that he was dying a martyr and would think that he was dying for a cause. Is it something that I wanted to do? No. Could I see the case for it happening? Absolutely. You know more than anyone that this is about compromise, that there are going to be sacrifices made and that there are going to be deals with the Sith Devil, or whatever the Devil equivalent is in this galaxy that I'm not 100% sure about. Deals with the dark side. Deals, there are going to be deals with the dark side in order to make this happen. I'm not asking you to understand or to forgive. I'm simply asking you to accept the realities of war as it exists. Do you know why? We are in this situation in the first place. I don't. Did you know the Jedi Council was fully aware that a Dark Lord of the Sith was taking control of various entities throughout the Republic and did nothing about it? Mistakes were made. Did you know, did you know, that Darth Vader, Palpatine's right hand, is rumored to have been even a member of that very Jedi Council. This thing is so much bigger than you have any idea of. And I would suggest that the next time you decide to throw me under a bus, you keep in mind just how big of a deal I can make about all of this. And I turn around and, and, and almost, almost a little cocky, almost a little like, uh, almost a little showy. Like if you decide to pick a fight with me, this is what you're going mm-hmm. up against. And mm-hmm. instead of like going down through the steps, I just kind of walk off the edge of the, the temple and just mm-hmm. kind of lower myself out of view. And I think he, um, I think he's just holding the blaster like on his hip. And just kind of lets out like a. <laughs> uh, 
I hate that I like him. <laughs> and I think as you fall, like, as you kind of levitate down the... Uh, kind of a Magneto move, I envision. Yeah, you know? yeah, kind of like, I'm totally... Same thing. And as you levitate mm-hmm. down the... Uh, the credit screen levitates mm-hmm. down with you in like a top-down pan. Nice. And then the Star Wars music hits, and that's game. All right. There oh, we that are. was good. That was that was fun. That was so good. I really like that. <laughs> Once again, Ran uh, takes exit stage left as opposed to the the mm-hmm. more direct route to things. And I, I actually, here's the thing. So full story, we had played a session previously that audio issues sort of sacri- that sac- was sacrificed at the altar of podcast audio issues, as yes. so many things are. Yes. But so the, 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 this time, I, since I had played a game with this character, I specifically was like, okay, I want to set up a situation that will specifically require you to like exit stage left because going <laughs> the direct route. And I was like, oh, but, and then, so the whole thing, I, I knew that that was going to happen. So I was so happy that it like played out and that I got to do the thing where I'm like, yeah, they, everybody wanted you to exit the direct route because yeah. that's because they wanted to serve you up as an easy sacrifice. Yeah. No, I mean, it worked out really well. You know, I, I loved it. I wasn't sure. I, I, I knew that you were expecting, you know, me as ran to look at going, you know, to look at things at odd angles. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's why I first, so the first idea was, okay, well, let's try not using the shuttle, mm-hmm. you know, let's just try sneaking out that way. And then once it became apparent to me that this whole thing has been a setup, um, I thought, well, what's the one thing that would be rather unexpected in this situation? And it, and it was, uh, I have to say that a hundred percent was unexpected. <laughs> well, you know, and so I just thought about Luke in, uh, you know, uh, Empire Strikes Back, you know, mm-hmm. Vader expects Luke to concede and Luke's like, no, and let's go. And I think, well, yep. I'm just going to do that. And it worked uh, out so perfectly. I l- yeah. absolutely loved it. So, well, good. I'm glad. I I really have, I got to say, I really have, uh, this is the second time in a row that I've had so much fun playing uh, this character, playing through the stories that you have created around this character. Oh, um, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, just when I thought this character had, you know, was time to write this character off into the sunset, you have created an entire another uh, sequence of events and this sort of ongoing story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we that might, makes me really happy. I think we might have to, you know, uh, do this repeatedly. I think we might. I think we, I think we just might have to do that. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Real quick before I wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, we are in all kinds of places and all over the all over the internet. Uh, you can find our podcast through your ver- uh, your favorite podcast app, whether that's um, Apple or Podbean or Stitcher or, you know, uh, whatever the case might be. Uh, you can also find us at Patreon, uh, Heroes Not Included on uh, Patreon, and uh, people who become patrons receive uh, behind-the-scenes access as well as patron- a patron-only podcast. Currently right now featuring Tales from the Loop and soon to be followed by Blades in the Dark. You can Those also find two us. Two good games. Two very good games. You can also find us on Twitter uh, at HNI underscore podcast as well as Facebook. And uh, last but not least, um, you can also check us out on Wizards of the Coast's very own DD website as we did a podcast for Podcasts of Foes featuring the Mordecai and 
Tomb of Foes release. So we're all over the place, and uh, come on down, take a listen, step up to the table, and become part of the family. Super, super cool. Well, thank you so much for doing the show. This was awesome. And I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take a future, me. Thanks, Bass Me. And thanks again to Quinn for coming on the show. That game was everything that I wanted it to be and then some. It was spectacular. Be sure to check out Heroes Not Included at heroesnotincluded.com and follow them on Twitter at HNI underscore podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter at Party of One Pod, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast, and join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Party of One Discord. You can also follow me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash GM Jeff Stormer. I've been doing weekly Fancy Friday check-in streams as well as some Party of One editing, game design stuff, various role-playing game-related things that I think are a lot of fun and I think you should check out. That's twitch.tv slash GM Jeff Stormer. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review, a social media shout-out, or a word-of-mouth recommendation to a friend. Any of those things help new listeners find the show, which helps us do bigger and better and cooler things. Some other ways you can support the show include supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash jeffstormer. Patreon backers get early access to playtest materials, podcasts, and more. And it helps me fund all of the different creative projects that I've got going on. You can also, because it is the end of the year and it is award season, nominate us for N-World's Best RPG Podcasts of 2018. Uh, there's a link in the show notes. Click that. Talk, Nominate the show and talk about why you love it. It would mean a lot to me. And speaking of podcasts, if you listened to this and thought, oh, I just wish I could listen to Jeff talk for another 45 minutes with one other person about role-playing games, boy, have I got a podcast for you. All My Fantasy Children is a character creation, world-building, and storytelling podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Katanosayas and I take a listener-submitted prompt, and using some of our favorite tabletop role-playing games, we spin it into an original fantasy character. Along the way, we build a shared mythology and populate a universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday at allmyfantasychildren.com. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Megaran featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you're interested in inquiring about advertising rates or about coming onto the show, you should email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for me. Until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Party on, everybody.